0: Uh, Just to give you a few thoughts, um, I want to cede most of the time to the India team today, but just to give you some updates as far as kind of what God has been doing or or where God is working in us as a family. Uh, For me personally, uh, on my personal journey, I would say the place where God put his thumb kind of on my pulse was on this area of shame. You know, we just sang about how Jesus delivers from shame. And many of us are aware of Jesus' uh, uh, dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. But in our day to day, we often operate with a, a degree of shame. And for me, it expresses itself in a kind of drivenness or a sense that there's something wrong that continually needs to be fixed. Now, on one hand, we are always wanting to be uh, sanctified. We're all on a journey to be sanctified. But if that journey does not start with the foundation of God loves me, and I feel like he's my father, then that's where it gets a little messed up. So that's where God has had his thumb on me. And um, when I'm done, I'll tell you. How's that? We're still a work in progress. As far as marriage and family, uh, some practicals, you know, one of the things that Kelsey and I have instituted, and we had the space to do it, was to uh, do a business meeting as a couple aside from our regular kind of date nights. And that has just revolutionized our marriage because instead of me spoiling our date nights with all my anxieties about this, that, and whatnot about the kids and the household and finances and all that, we took all that stuff out of our, uh, our date night time, and said, let's just have a time in the weekday where we meet and we kind of go through our family stuff. And that has really helped us, and that's been just awesome. Uh, family, the other thing that this space kind of gave us some, some room for was we finally kind of got settled on our morning devotional time. How do we, you know, as parents, we feel like we are the number one uh, ones who are responsible for raising our kids uh, in the fear of the Lord. I think Bill would agree. Deuteronomy 6, or was it Deuteronomy 4 6? Deuteronomy 6, right? Deuteronomy 6 gives us some instruction about how we're supposed to t- raise our kids in the Lord. And so Kelsey and I really worked very deliberately at um, setting up a, a devotional time that was accessible to our two children. And just getting that in place was just a huge... Anxiety lifter, because now we feel like we're um, getting them trained. And I mean, I just, I don't know if you've got around JD lately, but he knows a lot of the scripture. I mean, he knows the stories. And it's actually uh, super convicting, uh, too much of the time, actually, how much of the Bible he knows. But really, just because we're just going through it little by little, day by day, letting God show up. As far as the leadership development, another area that I was working on, several great resources. I'd say the one that uh, brought the most spark and the most life was a book called Experiencing Leader Shift by a man named Don Cousins. Don Cousins was the executive pastor at Willow Creek. Willow Creek led by Bill Hybels, somebody with the church out of Chicago and the movement. There's a whole association of churches. But this book, Leadership, was especially helpful uh, in that it gave us a template for our A-team. We call them the advisory team. Uh, that's kind of our elders in training. And the template that this book provided for them just brought a lot of clarity for me and uh, for organization. And so that was super helpful. So those are some of the highlights there, but I wanted to share with you some of the affect of the, of the time away also. And to do that, um, I was uh, in prayer last Wednesday with some of the other leaders of our mini-movement here in Boston. That is, um, we call it Community of Faith International, CFI. We have sister churches in uh, Waltham called The River, and in Boston, the church that planted this one called CFCF. And we were in prayer, and I felt, I just said, God, what do you have for us today? And I felt like he gave me a picture, and this picture just describes really well for me what he was doing. And so, I actually have an illustration here, and because uh, this is exactly the picture he gave me, I saw it in my mind's eye, and it was just of a washer uh, uh, dangling at the bottom of a string. If you can all see it, that's an extra large washer, by the way. Um, but it actually has meaning for me because I picked it up two years ago in 2012. We were in Colorado with all the international team leaders of our larger movement, and I was just walking with the Lord on the mountainside and came across this washer, and I felt like God said to me, "You oh, know, this was this is this is our marriage ring, me and Jesus. You know, this is a symbol of His covenant to me, His faithfulness and His love," which turned out to be very timely because the rest of the summer in 2012 there was some testing in that area for me personally, and so just to have that was great. Just as a little side, that's not the story, but. Just an important washer is what I'm saying. So anyways, the picture that God gave was this. And what God said to me was, if you, Neil, remember he's gentle, so, so please hear this correctly. He said, Neil, if you'll calm down, then you'll fall plumb. If you'll calm down, then you'll fall plumb. If you'll trust me, if you won't be anxious anymore about X, Y, and Z, you'll fall plumb meaning you'll fall straight. You'll be in line with me. You'll be in obedience. You'll be um, you'll be walking as I've called you to walk. That's an encouraging word, isn't it? And with that, I'd say if there's a summary verse that kind of sums up the affect of this time, it would be Zephaniah 3.17. And some of you know that verse. It's rather enjoyed. But remember that Zephaniah, he was the prophet to the southern kingdom of, of Judah, right before they were about to fall. And he just says, hey, judgment's coming, guys. But he still has this message of hope. And it's in that message of hope that he shares this verse from uh, Zephaniah 3.17. And it says, (laughs) it says, the Lord your God is in your midst. Okay, the Lord your God is in your midst. I'm with you. A mighty one who will save. Okay, he's mighty and he will save. That's what God was saying to me. It's what he's saying to you. A mighty one who will save, no matter what you think is unsavable about you, he will save. Isn't that awesome? And he says, he will rejoice over you with gladness. Isn't that what we need to know every day? That God, when you get up, when he gets up, he's always up. But when you get up in the morning, he's glad about you. He rejoices over you with gladness. He loves who you are. He loves who he, who's, who's made you to be. So he'll rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you by his love. There's that plum again. If you'll just relax, if you'll calm down, you'll fall plum. He'll quiet you with his love. Right? And then he'll exult over you. Did you hear my son this morning? He sings really loud. Okay, I don't know if you heard in the back, but he'll exult over you with loud singing. Like the proudest daddy in the world. Here's my son, here's my daughter. Woo! That's how he feels about you. That's how he feels about me. And just, man, getting that in at a deeper level. That's, that's life and death, isn't it? So praise the Lord. <clears throat> what I'm charged to do as well uh, today, before I invite the India team up, is I'm charged with just letting you know a little bit about what's going on with this larger movement, CFI. Because we are going to experience a little shift And it won't affect us greatly, but I just want to share three things. I want to share why the shift, kind of what's happening, and how it will affect you. And let me just set up a little context first. The context is, in 1998, uh, I was on a team with Sean Richmond, pastoring, uh, that came and planted CFCF, Community Faith Christian Fellowship. Nine years later, in 2007, we were sent here to plant the harbor, And then in 2010, out of CF, CF was sent the river. Sean Richmond uh, left the church he had planted to be the lead pastor of the river. Now, our desire has always been to obey the Great Commission, right? We're not just a church to have a, a nice church, but we're a church to reach the nations and reach our neighbors and reach everyone with the good news that Jesus is what he just, the character thing we learned about in Zephaniah 3.17, that that's God and he's real, Right? But what we found is, you know, as in these last four years, we found that as a movement, we've stalled. And actually, each of these three churches have stalled out a little bit. And so we're starting to say, Lord, what is it about that that we need to look at? And what we found is that as, a, as an organization, uh, if I can kind of just imagine us putting three words on that screen. As an organization, we're actually high on vision, right? Let's go get them. Let's go to the nations. Let's go down, right? That would be the first spot. second spot I'm going to come back to. On the bottom of the screen would be a word called, like, execution. We're actually willing to execute. Let's go get him. Want to go to the nations? Yes, let's go. Ah! And we go, right? But what's, what's missing in the middle, largely in our movement, is that second part, and it's called process. It's why people get wounded along the way, oftentimes, is because we're not good at the process, the training, the equipping. That's the place where we need to be working on. So as a result... What's happening in shift is, or the central question is, how could these three churches, how could we be like an Acts 13 kind of hotbed of activity that sends people out? Acts 13, if you remember, is where Antioch, and our larger movement is called Antioch, for this very reason. Acts 13 has this picture of a multi-ethnic, multicultural, kind of on fire, it's just like a cauldron of Holy Spirit activity that launches Paul to the nations and launches others and whatnot. So our question was, how do these three churches that kind of right now are experiencing quite a plateau, how do we do that? And uh, coinciding with my sabbatical is just work on this at the CFI level. And uh, the answer that we've kind of arrived at is our three churches need to come together and just collaborate better and more. And so we're not going multi-site. Don't freak out. No worries. But probably some of the language and the vocabulary that we're using are things like we're probably going to be, it's going to be a congregational model. Like we're a church with several different congregations so that we can get to that X13 kind of spinning up to speed and start doing what we were called to do originally, which is plant more churches, train more leaders, and whatnot. So that's kind of the nature of the shift. How will it affect you? How does it affect the harbor? Um, well, for one thing, you will probably start to see a little bit more of Sean. Sean Richmond is the pastor at the river, and, and really through a whole process this last year of evaluating, um, getting a lot of evaluation inside and out, he's, he's our face. You know, He's the face of this movement here. And so um, we're going to see more of him, and we're working out things so that, for example, Sean can uh, be lifted out of the day-to-day of the river and be leading the movement more. So what that means for us is we'll probably start seeing him about once a month here as far as a preaching and teaching role, and I'm excited about that. The other thing that will start happening at a staff level is the staff— the day staff of the harbor will office once a week with the other two staffs in Waltham. Waltham is kind of a central place for us now. So that way they're getting all the equipping, training, and coaching that are coming in from some of these new guys that we've added to that, that, um, that team, who you've seen some of them, <clears throat> Mark Buckner, Charlie Halley. Uh, they've been added to help give us the energy we need to, to be this X-13 hotbed of activity. So it's not a hostile takeover. Okay, And honestly, because uh, the harbor has actually been around for you know seven years, some of these names a lot of you don't know, and um, I just want to speak and say you can trust these guys. They're going to father us well, and um, you won't, there's not going to be things it's about a two- year process we're looking at to really make this thing gel. So <clears throat> here we go. Amen. <laughs> We're trying to get better, and God's good. And um, as always, the door is open. The email will get responded to eventually. And um, just as, as we kind of go through this shift and we continue to uh, like kind of uh, uncork it for you, um, let us let us know how you're feeling, how you're doing. But It's going to be great, because we're going to see our training and sending just take off. Amen? Awesome. Well, speaking of shifts, our uh, training school, the Navigate Training School, Um, for the first time in seven years, really experienced kind of the type of mission trip that we have wanted our our guys to experience. That sounds pretty selfish. But um, they saw just a a level of the kingdom of God coming in terms of the power and the demonstration of God's spirit in ways that we've been longing for for seven years. And so um, it's just a real joy to introduce this India team and just hear, as John mentioned, uh, you know, from Acts, we also get this picture of People going out, coming back into Antioch and saying, look at what God did. Hey, Antioch's coming right here, okay? I'm just telling you, the book of Acts is happening right here. Come on up, guys.